College Student Success Podcast. Podcasts where college students and faculty come together to talk about mental health, wellness, mentorship, and entrepreneurship. Together, we set and achieve goals for ourselves to get us where we want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 109 of the podcast. Oh, how is it, everybody? I hope you are all doing well on this May afternoon. Uh, it is May 23rd as I record this, and uh, oh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've uh, been behind the microphone. Uh, oh, almost four months. Eeks. Um, but I have an excuse. Eh, I have an excuse. Medical reasons. Um, and that's actually going to be the topic for today's episode. I don't have a title for it yet, but um, it's going to be something about um, my second recovery story or, or a wellness recovery. I'm not exactly sure, but um, I want to talk about why I haven't been making episodes. And um, it relates a lot to, to something that I've, I've had a setback with, um, something I've talked about on the podcast before. Um, but it had come back. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. So yeah, it is, uh, coming up on, uh, June and the last time I recorded was February 1st and we were in week two of the spring semester and here we are now done. Uh, we just had graduation here at my school yesterday. So, uh, it's funny. I was playing back the last episode to just kind of get back in the mindset and I talked about how much I love the spring semester because of the, um, you know, beginning to see the students graduate. Graduation is just a really cool experience. And uh, last night was no exception. It was a good time. It's at the Performing Arts Center, really nice event. So um, it's been a good spring for me. I hope you guys uh, had a good spring yourselves. Maybe some of you graduated, achieved that long-term goal of getting your degree, uh, maybe you had a setback, you know, uh, in which case maybe you're taking stock of what happened and, and trying to get some perspective on, on how things are going for you and how to, to move forward. And hopefully I can help you a little bit, you know, by telling you my story and um, kind of what was going on and how I've managed it uh, since. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot of uh, coursework, you know, a lot of teaching this semester, and I took my final class. Um, the last time we talked, I had mentioned I passed the comprehensive exam, which was uh, still the best day of the year for me, uh, finding that news out. And uh, I took my final class, which was called Theories of, uh, Theories of Counseling, and it was uh, pretty cool. Um, it was cool because I don't uh, I'm not a counselor, and I'm not going to be a counselor, but still, it was a required course, and uh, I explored a lot about, you know, my, my philosophy behind counseling, even though I may not necessarily be doing it day to day. Uh, teacher was great. You know, it was cool. Uh, so now, I start my dissertation, uh, actually, next week, and so i um, really excited to get that started, and my, probably my next episode will be about that. Um, so I'm going to hold off on talking about the dissertation until then. But a lot has come together with that in the last uh, four months as well. Um, so what's been going on? Um, I have been away, as I mentioned, it was sort of a medical issue. Um, and it requires me to sort of go back to 
you know, some of the stuff that happened in previous years that I've talked about on the podcast. But for new listeners, you may not have followed as closely. So I just want to kind of recap pretty quickly. Um, So back in 2017, um, back in February, I sustained an injury. I got a called golfer's elbow or medial epicondylitis and um, it's sort of the opposite of tennis elbow and it's just a painful condition uh, due to overuse I was playing racquetball and this was when I was searching for my wellness goal <laughs> that I inevitably found and has, has since switched but um, I dealt with that tendonitis for well over a year and it wasn't until about this time uh, maybe April or into May of, of this time last year that I finally got over it. Um, and it was a lot of physical therapy or actually occupational therapy. I had, you know, um, cortisone shots, like just nothing seemed to work. And actually, I, one of the things that I ended up finding that worked was an all-natural product, which I will link to, actually. I'm going to write myself a note here. Uh, it's called uh, Dr. Christopher's or Christopher's. Um, bone and tissue ointment and it's all natural and it's uh, a cream like a ointment and you rub it in and I don't know it's it's just uh, it's really helped me a lot and I really attributed that to a great deal of my recovery from that injury was using this cream every day um, and doing the exercises I had this thing called a, I have this thing called a flex bar and I you know learned some exercises from the OT and have uh, continued you know, kept up with them over the uh, the months past uh, finishing OT. So I was feeling good uh, heading into the summer last year, and the summer was really freaking great um, from a wellness standpoint. Um, I was in the best physical shape of my entire life, I think, last summer. Um, I had been doing yoga, and I got really into yoga, and actually did a little too much yoga and ended up kind of uh, having this hamstring injury. Uh, Again, a a tendonitis thing. Um, It's known by people that do yoga as yoga butt (laughs) because the hamstring, it's right under your butt cheek um, where the pain is. And it's from basically overstretching the muscles. You know, I did too many forward folds, you know, um, too much stretching. And it was a little painful, but I sort of corrected my practice and cut back a little on the yoga. And I started doing these strengthening classes. The, the, the yoga studio I go to offers these fusion, they're called fusion classes. And it's more like, more like aerobic exercise classes. You know, they use um, low weights. So it's like three pound weights with high repetition. Um, not, not really cardio, but more, you know, definitely a lot more work than yoga. And I started doing them, and you know everything kind of got better. You know, I was I didn't have any problems practicing all summer, and I also took up running, and because my knees were feeling so much better from yoga, so I was doing the running, um, the strengthening through the fusion classes and the yoga for flexibility and the mind, and it, I was I really found my sweet spot when it came to you know fitness and and what worked for me. I was, I got up to like four miles, you know, um, a run. Uh, I was going to do a 5K and then actually the 5K got canceled. Um, so things were great. Um, one other thing that had changed over the summer was I had done, I talked about this, I know, 
on one of the podcasts was an, an accountability bet with my brother to kind of change my diet. Um, I've always had trouble with sugar, and it's just hard for me, you know, because like once I get a taste of it, it's totally an addiction. You know, I'll eat, you know, I can't eat just three gummy bears. I got to eat the whole fucking bag, <laughs> uh, that kind of thing. So I made a pact with my brother to, to kind of do these um, changes in my diet. So they were, let me think, it was cutting out sh- uh, like candy, desserts, so no cookies or ice cream or anything like that. No, no more gummy bears. No soda. Uh, no Wendy's specifically. Although I, you know, really it was all fast food, but Wendy's was the one that I really liked to eat. Uh, I still eat Chipotle. Uh, and no energy drinks specifically, like Monster Energy and Red Bull and crap like that. Uh, so I started that right around, right before my birthday, right at the end of April, and went through July with that. And so that really helped with, you know, the overall feeling just really fucking good about myself and my body and, you know, being really physically well and strong. Uh, I lost some weight. You know, I got down to a weight where I hadn't been probably since high school and, you know, felt really great. And things were going awesome. So you might be thinking, like, well, where's the the shitty part coming in? All right, so it comes. So that probably went up through September, October. I sort of went off the diet in August when I was on vacation a lot and then sort of picked it back up a little in September into October a little. And that's when it dropped off. And it was mostly, you know, the accountability. You know, it just my brother didn't want to do it, and it was hard for me to be accountable to myself. So... You know, I just sort of crept back into my life, some of the the, the vices that I had. Um, and I started noticing some of my pain coming back. You know, just like one day my elbow started hurting again, you know. And I was like, damn, I thought I had this licked. Like it had been a good six months of no elbow pain. And all of a sudden, you know, it was starting to get sore again. So I was like, oh, it's probably because I stopped doing the exercises. So let me start doing the exercises again. So I started doing them again. And then it went away a little bit. And then it came back. And and then it kind of lingered around. And I was like, oh, this sucks. So then in November, I went to yoga one day. And after yoga, just had this pain in my right shoulder. And I was like, that's weird. Um, You know, I don't remember doing anything, repetitive motion, nothing like that. Uh, we did do work, you know, shoulder work, but, it, you know, um, it wasn't any movement that I did where I was like, ow, you know, it was just sort of afterwards it was sore and then the soreness never went away. And that went into December and I was like, ah, oh, this is annoying because um, it was now my right elbow and my right shoulder. And then also right around November, the hamstring pain came back too. I had been running. I picked back up running. The last run I remember having, I was in Florida for the conference that I talked about in the last episode, the online learning conference. I went for a run, and I remember on the flight back home from Florida being like, oh, my hamstring's been bothering me, but I thought it was because I had been sitting so long in the plane and stuff. So it was like kind of just one thing after another. So I had all this tendonitis issues come back. I'm like, well, I got to go back to the – I got to get physical therapy or something. So I go to an orthopedic, and they I start doing physical therapy – on my shoulder and on my hamstring 
and I'm going and I'm dedicated. Like when I do therapy like that, I, I know that it's important to keep it up and consistency is key. And so it would get a little better and then it would kind of flare up again. And I'm like, man, I don't know what the F is going on with me. I'm 40 years old. I shouldn't be feeling like a 70-year-old with these achy things, muscles. Like I'm, I, six months ago, I felt fucking great, you know, and I was running every day and I had stopped running. Uh, I stopped going to yoga in November because I couldn't deal with the, you know, I knew I was aggravating the hamstring every time I did a forward fold. So I cut back a lot on my my physical activity because I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't run. I couldn't do yoga. Um, so I was just, you know, and then the holidays come and you get fucking lazy. And I was studying for the comps and, you know, all this stuff. So, you know, just let it get away from me. Um, so... It was right around the time I did the episode in February, beginning of February, and it was like middle to late February where the pain took another turn for the worse. I started getting pain in my fingers, in my thumbs and in my pointer fingers specifically. And like I'd notice it when I'd hold my phone to send a text message, like the typing with my thumbs bothered me, um, mouse clicking, uh, typing. And I was starting to get really worried now because now I had tendonitis in my elbow, my shoulder, my hamstring, my fingers. And I was like, and it was now affecting my work. Uh, And this was the reason why I couldn't do podcasts all this time because it takes uh, a good amount of computer work. Like a lot of it is just sitting here talking, right? Like that, you think that's the most important or the biggest part of it. But actually the editing, you know, I don't do a lot of editing, but I got to put in the music and take out anything that, you know, gets messed up or whatever. I don't do much, but it's, it's mouse clicking. And then I got to type the show notes and I got to do all the exporting and uploading and everything is a mouse click and everything is a little typing. And I had four classes I was trying to teach in grade, and I was like, I don't, I, I need to prioritize if I'm going to be on the computer to be doing the what I need to be doing for work and also for school. So I had the worst, actually, the hardest thing was was basically writing long, long emails, so I couldn't do that because I couldn't type for very long. My, my fingers would start hurting. And the class that I was taking, the theories of counseling, I had to write a couple papers. So I was really worried about that. So I went to my, I, you know, I, I had gone back to the orthopedic. And, you know, I, I got a note because I was like, let me look into getting an accommodation. You know, I talk about accommodations all the time with you guys. Uh, if you have a mental health diagnosis, I suggest if you need help to talk to the disability uh, person, you know, the Office of Disability Services, uh, Accessibility Services, whatever they call it at your school. And I had never had the opportunity to do so. Uh, Sorry about that. So, but this time I actually had a disability and it was impacting school. Uh, I was not getting any kind of workplace accommodations for the job because I was managing that, but really it was the writing of the papers and that kind of stuff week to week. So I reached out and I I explained the situation and uh, I requested to be able to handwrite my assignments instead of type them. And I sent over my paperwork and the disability person reached out to me and basically let me know that I was not eligible for accommodations. 
And the reason was my condition was considered temporary, tendinitis. And since it was not a permanent disability, that it was not covered under the uh, Americans with Disability Acts, the ADA. So uh, that was aggravating. Um, actually, I never knew that. Um, you know, as, as a similar example, right, let's say you broke your arm, right, and you couldn't write um, with your arm. You would have to figure something out because you would not get an accommodation for that because that's a temporary condition. I think that's kind of fucked up personally. Um, you know, stress, you know, anxiety can be a temporary condition environmentally specific to whatever you're going through, right? Tough school year, uh, relationship problems, whatever it is. Uh, to me, you should be able to get accommodated for that, even though it's expected to be resolved. So that actually was a big learning moment for me. So I, I, I always talk up this program, right, and, and talk about the value of accommodations. And then I finally go out and reach out for one and was stonewalled because I, I didn't have it right. Um, so it really kind of put, it gave me the perspective probably that a lot of you have gone through when you are made to jump through hoops with the disability services if you do decide to get accommodations. So I feel you. Um, so <clears throat> what they suggested I do was reach out to the instructor, try and work something out with the instructor, you know, one-on-one -on -one rather than using the disability office, which is what I did. Um, fortunately, I knew the instructor fairly well, and, you know, I, I, I forwarded the email from them, and I said, listen, this is what I'm requesting, and, and their response was absolutely. So I actually did not end up needing it for the entire time, but it did help me in the middle of the semester when I had this five-page paper I, I wrote. Um, anyway, so I went back to the... The physical therapist, I'm like, now I got tendonitis in my hands. And he's like, this, this is not acting like tendonitis. There's something else going on with you. I'm going to send you for some blood work. So this is now um, March. So I go and get blood work. And, and one of the tests he sent me for was a Lyme disease test. And I started thinking about it and started reading and I did the thing that I always criticize my wife for is just like, you know, if you're worried about a symptom, Googling it, and then you figure, find out, you know, you, you think you have some crazy disease when you really don't. It's just whatever. Um, I, I fell victim to that very thing. So I started looking into Lyme disease and the symptoms and reading everything about it. And I, I convinced myself that I had Lyme disease, that this must be the thing that's going on, causing me all this pain. Um, it, a lot of it fit. So he also was testing me for things like rheumatoid arthritis and stuff. And, you know, it was scary. Uh, so I go back to the doctor a week later. He comes in. He's like, everything's negative. Uh, and I was like crushed. It, it sounds really weird to say, but I was hoping to get a diagnosis of Lyme disease because it would at least explain what I, I was going through all this pain. Um, but it was not Lyme disease according to that test. Now, Lyme disease is notoriously difficult to not only treat but diagnose. And complicating it is the fact that I had had Lyme disease um, about a decade ago. So once you have it, you'll always test positive. So now you have to find out if it's active or not. And so that's challenging. So I was not satisfied with the doctor's results. So I reached out to a doctor that my wife sees actually who... 
um, is sort of an alternative health doctor, um, but she's still she's a medical doctor, but she is very much not she's very much more into wellness and integrative health than the medical model of just you know throwing medications at you for everything that's wrong with you. So she had been going to her, and so I decided to go and and she to do a full med. She did a full medical evaluation of me, which was like thirty vials of blood. <laughs> it was wild. Um, and about a week before this, or two weeks before this, I was reading online, and and I just used to Google all the time. I'd be like tendonitis all over body, <laughs> you know, and see what came up because I just, I, I couldn't put a finger on my symptoms and why I was experiencing all this when I really wasn't being very active. I wasn't being repetitive use boy with my elbow or my shoulder or my fingers, you know, I, I was cutting back and it seemed like the pain was only, you know, getting worse. And it was like migratory, you know, it would, it affect my elbow. And then my elbow pain would go away and it'd be in my shoulder for a day and then all that would go away, but I'd feel it in my hamstring. And that's a hallmark symptom of, of Lyme disease. So I around this time, like I said, I was just Googling and I came across this um, person that wrote a book about, it was geared to uh, athletes and musicians that do that have like repetitive motion in their their sports or their their instruments right so picture like a guitarist you know strumming a guitar for hours on end you know that is that person could be potentially prone to developing tendonitis or a drummer right drumming for hours or a violinist holding a bow the bow a certain way and any kind of those motions that's repetitive and in a very kind of unnatural position um, you can be prone to develop tendonitis. Um, similarly, you know, athletes, you know, the tennis player, the golfer, um, you know, where all these uh, tendonitis uh, names come from, tennis elbow um, and what I had, golfer's elbow. So this book was written to those people um, that, you know, it was saying like, you know, for the people like you that you may have tendonitis and you may have tried everything, you know, physical therapy, cortisone shots, um, whatever, and it's not helping, um, you know, this book was about, you know, um, making dietary changes and basically the belief that inflammation was, you know, the inflammation that caused the tendonitis was, uh, you know, felt throughout your body because your entire body is inflamed for some reason. And so I was like, hmm, and I started reading the reviews of the book and the people sounded much like the people in the, um, in some ways, the Lyme disease support groups that I started reading, you know, they were describing their symptoms and I was like, that's me. But this group of people was like athletes and musicians. And basically the premise of the book is you need to change your diet and it all comes back to your gut health and the way you digest and your, your, your good gut bacteria and the, the presence of sugar as an, as an inflammation source uh, for, you know, whatever happens to be, you know, bothering you. So I read that book. It, it wasn't a very long book, but I read it in like a day and a half. And a lot of it was stuff I kind of knew because my wife had had some issues and had changed her diet, had done an autoimmune, autoimmune paleo diet for a while. So I knew a lot of the basics, but it was sort of repeating a lot of that and suggesting some some supplements and stuff. So I was like, hmm, 
this is when I made the connection between how I was feeling last summer when I was admittedly, in my mind, in the best shape of my life, both mentally and physically, and the changes I made to my diet that happened at the same time. And I put it together. I'm like, shit. I was thinking it was this Dr. Christopher's cream, which I still believe in, by the way, that cured my elbow pain and that I just, you know, practiced differently with my yoga and that cured the hamstring pain. But what if it was actually the dietary changes I made due to the accountability bet with my brother? Because then I started thinking, well, the pain came back in the fall when I sort of fell off the wagon with my diet. And I started eating the Wendy's again. And I started eating the gummy bears again. And it was slow, but it, you know, built. And then, you know, you go crazy at the dessert table for Thanksgiving and Christmas cookies. And, you know, I just thought back on my diet. I'm like, shit, I wonder if that could be it. And this book seemed to be making that argument. So that day, it was around March 8th or so. I was like, all right, I'm going back on my diet. I'm gonna go do I'm gonna go back to doing all the things that I had done over the summer. Cut out the sugar, cut out the um the desserts, the energy drinks, the Wendy's. Another thing that I had done was it was a subtle change, but I'm a big coffee drinker. And right around November, I had switched. I usually take my coffee with milk. Sometimes low fat, sometimes whole milk, but usually two percent, uh, and no sugar. And I switched into November to half and half, which is a pretty big switch for somebody that's like a big ass coffee drinker like myself. Uh, most people kind of stick to their their you know the way they take it, but uh, my brother drinks half and half, and he had been over a few times, and it just was lingering in the house, and I drank it when I had nothing else, and then I was like, eh, this is actually pretty good, and it's like four times the fat of like regular milk or whatever. But that was another change. So I'm like, I'm going to change that too, because that was the other argument the book was making is that dairy along with gluten are big sources of inflammation throughout the body. And I was like, that was another change I made along with falling off the wagon with my diet. I also made this change of switching from milk to half and half, which is not a good healthy decision. So I switched back to milk. And uh, maybe a week or two later, I went and got the blood work. It was about two weeks later that I got the blood work and then another two weeks to get the results. So it was about four weeks, four to five weeks after starting the diet that I saw the doctor that gave me the full medical workup and got the results of all those blood tests. And so that's coming up on about a month ago. And it was the beginning of April. So I met with her and she was great. She, you know, she goes through everything and, you know, I'm not going to go through my entire history because you probably don't care. But basically she said, you know, you don't have Lyme disease. <laughs> um, all these other things that could be, you know, we ruled out. Um, it, And I explained to her the, the sort of the revelation I had had, especially in the two weeks between uh, getting the blood test when I was in pain and two weeks later when I was meeting with her when the pain had subsided like... I don't know, 75%. About Again, about three, four weeks in after changing my diet, pain in my shoulder went away and it hasn't come back. I repeat, like this pain, which had been around since November, pretty much every day, it would leave again, migrate for a little while, but always come back, right shoulder, did the physical therapy, didn't help it, um, kept coming back. 
about four weeks of eating better, cutting out the sugar, the excess sugar, reducing the dairy, that pain is gone and has stayed gone. It, it was my diet. <laughs> um, I've had a remarkable reduction in pain with the elbow as well. That I, I still have had lingering pain, uh, and but when I have when I combine the good diet with the Dr. Christopher's, the pain is gone completely. The hamstring has gotten much, much better. Uh, I did try yoga last week and I just isn't working for me. Again, it's like the type of yoga that I practice, which is hot vinyasa, um, is a lot of forward folds and a lot of uh, chaturangas, which is just it's just a lot of flexing the hamstring. So actually, I've come to terms with the fact that I don't think I could do yoga anymore, unfortunately, at least hot vinyasa. So I trying different other types of yoga, like I tried yin yoga a few weeks ago. And I'm going to do a restorative class because there's a lot of different kinds of yoga that don't require lots of forward folds. Um, so I'm still looking for that. That's a change I've had to make. And, and it's been depressing in a way because I love yoga. Um, but it, my body is just not ready for it. But I have returned to the fusion classes, and that has just been like such a godsend. I've been going the last month, I'd say, twice a week, and you know, it just makes me feel so much better afterwards um, because I don't have pain during those classes. And those classes, actually, a lot of the the things we do in the class, especially with the teacher that I like, resemble the things that I would do in physical therapy. So even though I'm, I've stopped doing physical therapy at the PT place, I've continued it in in a shape in some shape or form with the exercising that I've been doing. Uh, not back to running, but I'm going to try that in another month or so. Um, and I've gotten, you know, the doctor also gave me a bunch of supplements. You know, I got diagnosed essentially with leaky gut syndrome. So you could Google that if you want to know more. Um, but it's basically when you eat shit, right? When you eat processed food, sugar, dairy, gluten, you're, it, it does a, does really bad damage to your, your gut bacteria, right? Um, and so you're not able to adequately uh, take in the nutrients that the food that you're eating is supposed to provide. You know, like, so you may eat something really healthy, but because of the leaky gut, the nutrients sort of aren't absorbed into your body properly as they should. They sort of go right through your system and get, um, you know, passed with, you know, um, the stuff that your body can't digest. So it's a digestion problem. So I've been trying to repair my gut, you know, um, taking probiotics, uh, drinking bone broth. Um, I mean, um, there's a bunch of other things. Again, I won't get into. You could Google it if it's something you're concerned about. This is not a, an ad for leaky gut, but it's what it is is an, it's an advertisement for wellness, I guess. Um, garbage in, garbage out. If you've heard that, it's a, um, it's a coding, uh, euphemism is that, you know, if you make, if you program, you know, and do you use shitty code, you're going to have a shitty experience running that program, right? If you put shitty food into your body, your body's going to feel shitty, right? And it's going to manifest in some way, shape or form. In mine, it manifested with inflammation in whatever part of my body I had any kind of, you know, injury, it just prevented it from healing. Um, this, I can't, un, I can't overestimate how much this, it was never bad pain. Like it was never, ah, I'm in agony, but it was just constant, constant dull pain all day, every day. 
made me understand and sympathize with people that uh, need pain management, right? That are addicted to opiates because they just can't fucking deal with the pain every day. My heart goes out to you people because I know what it's like now. Uh, Again, nothing serious pain, but just never going away. What that does to your mindset as a 40-year-old thinking this is the way the rest of my life is going to be, it's only going to get worse, what's the next thing that's going to start hurting me and not go away, it really did a number on my psyche and my emotional health. I, I was pretty, I was in a bad way uh, in uh, February and March. And the turnaround to now is like, whew, remarkable. So what am I trying to say? Why am I even fucking talking about this in a podcast about college students' mental health issues? This is about wellness. If you are not feeling well, right, and you're doing, if you tried all the other things, right, you maybe you've tried counseling or you're doing counseling and that's helping, but it's not helping enough. Um, maybe you're just, um, maybe you've tried the other things, right? You've done a wrap plan. Um, you've adjusted your sleep. You know, I, I just can't tell you how many things that I tried thinking, well, maybe it's this, or maybe it's this, and then convincing myself, oh, it must be Lyme disease, only to be proved wrong, only to find out it's the stuff you put in your body every day. It's the intelligent, I don't want to say intelligent, it's the mindful lifestyle choices you make, either for the positive or for the negative, and dealing with the repercussions of either of them. Now I'm on a much healthier diet and my body is rewarding me with no pain, feeling strong, I'm losing weight, and all of that is, feel, is contributing positively to my emotional health. All of these dimensions of wellness relate to one another. So that's the story. Um, so I'm, still, I'm feeling better, but I'm not all the way back. I still have the pain in my hands from time to time and I do, I can't just type and type and type. I'm not sure what that's all about, um, and I'm hoping that another month and or two months or three months on the diet and the supplements, I haven't even been taking the supplements for a month, that will continue to improve, but that's a concern I have. But it's it's better enough that I'm able to like be podcasting again, as an example, and I have the supports that I'll need if I, you know, need help in the future. Um, so again, this is all a message to kind of say like, think about your body and what you're putting into your body. We hear this all the time, right? We can't get away from the ads talking about the dangers these days of sugar or gluten. And I, I just used to think, uh, yeah, that's probably true, but you know, I feel fine, right? Um, I actually, me and my wife used to, we had this friend that was like, always claimed to be gluten-free or, you know, really sensitive. And we've kind of like before it became, you know, I'm talking maybe close to 10 years ago now. We I don't say we made fun, but we just kind of made light of it, right? It's like, oh yeah, the stupid gluten thing. And then my wife's experienced, you know, uh, the direct impact of, you know, she she learned how much gluten impacts her. Um, and I'm now seeing the same with gluten and, and sugar and, and they sort of relate. So, um, so yeah, I've tried to, to cut a lot of dairy out um, and is and a good amount of gluten. I still, you know, I'll still eat some bread once in a while, but it's all about the little changes you make, right? Um, it, it wasn't something I just, you know, started overnight. And actually, when I did make the decision to go back on my diet, 
it was good three, four weeks before I actually felt the benefits. So stick with it and give your body some time to heal. I, I have to think that there's so many people out there walking around in similar shoes as me with these aches and pains that just won't go away or these psychological aches and pains that you just can't shake and wonder how much of it could be improved if you improved your diet and made sure that your body was getting the proper nutrients that it needs. So that's the message. The message is one of wellness and of one of recovery. This wasn't a mental health recovery in most regards, although my mental health kind of was in the toilet a little bit for a few weeks, Um, but it was a physical health recovery. And it was a challenging one for me because you know, I wasn't going to the right doctors. You know, the, the orthopedic was trying to teach, treat it as an orthopedic issue. The physical therapist was trying to teach, you know, do it as a, a strength issue or a mobility issue. And it was a nutrition issue is what it seems like. So, and I wasn't thinking I should be seeing a nutritionist. So I'm really grateful that I found the doctor that I did, that I'm privileged to have the ability to go through this testing um, because it wasn't cheap, but I, I felt like it was a good investment in my in my recovery and in overall my wellness. Uh, so um, it, this is just that message to just kind of keep that in mind. keep keep the the idea of nutrition and its impact on physical health, emotional health, all of the dimensions of wellness. And um, you know, do your homework. Don't don't Google the symptoms as much as maybe Googling the solutions, right? Um, and I hope that helps even just one person because, um, like I said, it was kind of shitty there for a while. Um, all right, so that is it. Uh, I have, I am planning to do a few more episodes, hopefully in, in short order. Over the summer, my goal is to do at least three more episodes so if, again, that would get me back to my sort of once a month um, timeline that I was had in mind in the beginning, um, and it, it, I think I can do it when I know when I when I have ideas when I have things I know I want to talk about, and inevitably when I don't podcast for a while, these things kind of pop in my head. So a couple of things. Uh, so my next episode I think is going to be an overview of my dissertation idea. You know, I really can't wait because it relates to you guys. It, my population I'm studying is college students with psych disabilities. And as you'll hear in the next episode, a very specific group of those in, of those students. Um, I have a, basically, in a nutshell, an amazing opportunity to do some research. Um, so stay tuned for that because I can't wait to talk about it. I think I need another month, though, to just kind of uh, sculpt and refine my idea a little before I'm going to feel prepared to talk about it um, in front of you guys. I may even need two months. But in the meantime, I think I'll, I'll have another episode for you if it is going to take a little longer on that one. Uh, I'm going to do an episode uh, on my favorite Twitter personality. Um, I really love Twitter. I've been into it a lot in the last uh, six months or so. Um, I might, I'm talking mainly about my personal Twitter profile, which I don't really, I don't think I really want to share. I don't it doesn't relate to mental health. I have the the podcast Twitter handle, which I you know monitor and and sort of um, you know follow people in the space in the recovery space. Um, in my and it's funny because like I do I have Facebook right, and that's where I keep in touch with family and friends. 
And I don't, it's hard for me to see leaving because of that, you know. Um, I can't stand the political crap on Facebook because, you know, I, I, I'm there for family. Um, but I get kind of political uh, in, you know, on Twitter. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like my other side, you know, because I don't really have a lot of family and friends I follow. I follow more like personalities and stuff. Um, and one of my favorite Twitter personalities, or actually my favorite, I'd say, is this guy, Naval Ravikant. He is um, an entrepreneur, I guess. He started AngelList, which is a, um, a place for startups um, to find uh, financing. And um, you, you may have heard of, of AngelList. Um, you may not have, but um, he's pretty uh, pretty amazing guy. Uh, he has a podcast also, actually, where his podcast is just talking about his tweets. <laughs> um, and it's sort of weird. It's like four-minute episodes. Um, not really my idea of podcasts, but it's kind of cool. Um, but I, I have a few thoughts that I really want to share with you of his and, and how I think they link to my ideas about um, stuff that I've talked about a lot on the podcast, you know, um, passion, um, entrepreneurship, leverage. He talks a lot about um, social capital, you know, just things that, that really fascinate me. And, you know, he recently talked about, um, you know, find a, kind of finding the meaning of life of sort of a sense and, and, and condensed it into one tweet or, or quoted somebody. And I tend to agree with him. I, I think that I believe that, that that tweet sort of represents for me, like, the meaning of life when I'm ready to, like, you know, when my son asks me. Um, and I, so I want to talk about that. Um, I think you can learn a lot from, from Naval. He's great. Um, at Naval is his Twitter handle if you're interested in checking him out in the meantime. Uh, and then I'm going to do an episode, I think, again on positive psychology. So I had done one a long time ago, Dr. Dan Tomasulo. It was my first sort of cold call guest, you know, somebody I just didn't know and I approached and asked for an interview and he said yes. Uh, it was really great. And um, I'm going to talk about positive psychology again and why I love it because I, I, I learned a bit more about it in my class this past semester. And also um, sort of the antithesis to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. There's this idea of post-traumatic growth that I just love. And I want to look more into it because I don't know a lot about it. And, but it's something that I thought about and was like, I'd like to do a podcast on that. So, um, And then I also may have an interview for that relates to the dissertation. Um, I'm thinking about doing that as well. So three or four coming up over the next few months this summer. Um, and so I hope you guys, um, you know, look forward to those. And if, as always, if you have any comments or questions or suggestions for the podcast, you know, I'm open. So, uh, you know, I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, send me an email, collegestudentsuccesspodcast at gmail.com. Or you could tweet at me. Uh, these episodes are always, uh, I tweet out when episodes come out. So um, so that's sort of where we're at. Again, hope you guys had a great spring semester and uh, you're thinking about goals for the summer. Maybe your goal is just to take a fucking break and vacation and relax. That's a great goal to have. And I would never say that that's a, a bad goal to have, you know. I certainly have come to value my downtime. And actually, I'm off today. Uh, I'm on vacation this week, mostly. 
Um, so even though I'm on vacation, I still work a little and, um, you know, I work on stuff like this, you know, stuff I enjoy and I'm reading for my dissertation. So anyway, hope you guys have been well, continue to be well, and I will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Peace. Peace.